Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. So it's been a while since we have done a podcast, but the good news is we're back again. And we're back with news and updates today. We're going to talk about some things that we're seeing in the adoption world. I also want to discuss what happened uh, regarding the Supreme Court decision with ICWA. Uh, but let's go ahead and just jump right in. And one thing that is really important, I think, to, to note is that all of our listeners, thank you for giving us some some time and space and sticking with us because we're back. We are indeed. And hey, the show's free, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's just jump right in. So on June 15th, 2023, The Supreme Court upheld the circuit court's conclusion that Congress' power to legislate Indian affairs is well-established and broad. Therefore, ICWA is consistent with Congress' power under Article I of the Constitution. Justice Amy Coney Barrett wrote the opinion for the seven-member panel. What this means is that this does continue to impact adoptions as it has been. They're just upholding the decision. It's not something that is new. It's just something that is being continued. So that still means that when you have a child that is an, you are adopting an Indian child, that you do have to have certain things done. Again, it varies state by state, but that placement preferences are recognized. And in some situations, and I'm not going to go into specifics because there are specialists that can go into specifics um, that hopefully we can have on our podcast. But there are certain situations where when you're adopting an Indian child, there are extra, extra steps that you do need to take. And that's really what the takeaway from this is, is that There is no big change with the Indian Child Welfare Act that it is staying as is uh, for now. Okay, so So, status quo. Yes. One thing, too, in the adoption world that I've noticed over the past couple months is adoptions have taken a turn again. And we're talking about domestic adoptions, so adoptions with birth mothers. And we are seeing a little bit and I'm knocking on wood that this continues, a rise in adoptions. So I think that COVID played an extremely integral role in the uh, decline of adoptions, of domestic adoptions. And I think uh, COVID also played a role in the amount of disruptions that we had seen. And it wasn't just with our agency and it wasn't just with Arizona. It was all across the United States. You know, we are 
in the adoption community, constantly talking and comparing and trying to figure out how to make each and every adoption the most successful that it can be. Mm -hmm. And in the adoption world, we're definitely seeing a change for the positive that, you know, women are choosing adoption for unplanned or crisis pregnancies, Mm -hmm. that they are working through their adoption plan, they're getting the support they need, and they are choosing to place their baby. Now, again, that's not every situation. That's not every adoption. But for a while, the numbers across the United States had really dropped. And I know that Well, I don't know. In my opinion, COVID played a a big role in that. Families were living together. They were cohabitating. And I think, you know, you were getting more of the grandparent helping raise the newborn and, you know, grandpas helping with a paycheck. And so they were kind of, you know, multi-generational homes that were jumping in and helping And I think that that is dissipating as uh, COVID is no longer, you know, considered a pandemic at this Mm -hmm. point is what I've heard as of late. To me, that's just a little sad because I do like the idea of families being more together. And it's kind of sad that that's ending. It's good in the adoption world, but in the whole world, it it would be nice to see families more together. But then again, that's part of the reason that there's adoption in the first place. So, right. No, no, no. And I completely agree with you. I know, you know, my, my dream has always been to have, you know, a a large piece of land and have, you know, all of my children as they reach adulthood live in separate houses all over this big plot of land. And, and I know that you, you, um, don't even have to have that dream. Um, I know. Not that you have children. I'm living the blessed life. I have two brothers-in-law living with me right now and a niece. Yeah. So, Living the dream. Living the dream. So no, I, I definitely, I definitely think that you know when a woman is looking at what is the best choice for her baby, I think that you know if if she can parent and can be supported to parent, then that is really an option she should consider. But when that's not an option, that is when adoption is an amazing choice to make. And so I do want to clarify that the other piece of it is that when a woman is unable to parent a child and chooses adoption, then that helps make another man or woman a parent. And so it's one person's heartbreak is another, you know, results in another person's triumph. And I, and that's hard to understand because those are two bipolar ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got one that is, struggling and upset and and wishing things were different and then another scenario where a person or two people want to be parents more than anything in the world i think when we look at this as a whole we have to look at the silver lining and the silver lining is you know somebody who wants to be a parent and adopt can because another woman is choosing a beautiful option for her baby and I think it's so important that we as a society embrace all of that and we continue to spread adoption awareness and normalize adoption and create a safe place so that when women are making this choice of adoption that can be very difficult to make, that 
they feel the support of the community. I mean, imagine what the adoption world would look like if here's a, here's a real scenario, a birth mother who has an adoption plan walks into the grocery store and a cashier asks her, Oh, what are you having? When is your baby due? And you know, she says, I'm having a boy and I'm due next month. And then she says, and I'm placing my baby for adoption with a beautiful adoptive couple who doesn't currently have any children. Imagine how that birth mother would feel if that cashier said, you are my hero. What Mm -hmm. you're doing is amazing. I think that you are making an incredible choice. You are inspiring me. You are, you know, helping another family that's incredible and praises her and encourages her and supports her. Imagine how different adoption would be perceived, how much I think adoption would um, take a huge uptick in, in numbers. I think that it would be, it would change the face of adoption. Right. If these adoptions were celebrated and understood for what they truly are, I I agree with you a thousand percent. And I think that as it stands currently, the only people who would react like that, like if you're the cashier, the only people who would react in a really positive, like amazed and awestruck manner no, like that positive. are are the people who somehow or other, whether they've adopted in the past, whether they've placed in the past, they've somehow been involved in the adoption. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, part of our goal with this podcast has always been adoption awareness mm-hmm. and we want to increase adoption, uh, education, adoption, knowledge, adoption, acceptance. And I, I think that as we've always said, knowledge is power and, it's important to remember that, you know, we are growing as an adoption community every year we are growing and we are researching and we are learning and we're sharing that. And by doing that, we're getting better as an adoption community. Like adoptions are not what they used to be. The most of adoptions now are open. Mm -hmm. I was in a closed adoption, so I didn't get to benefit from the aspects of an open adoption. I think that would have been so amazing had that been the opportunity that I had been able to have. You know, I think that sitting in a classroom uh, in grade school and knowing that maybe I wasn't the only kid there that was adopted, again, would have changed my outlook on things. I think that if it was just a commonality, you know, like uh, Joey has red hair. Right. Well, Kelly's adopted. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any like, oh, okay. And Christy has green eyes. Like it wouldn't be any different than that. I think that that is always has been and forever will be our goal because once we can essentially normalize and make adoption just an everyday commonality that you talk about, that you react to, that's accepted because we all want to be accepted And I think our core value of ourselves is is acceptance. And I think that when a birth mother is standing in line at a checkout, Mm -hmm. in a checkout and is starting to 
be asked questions about her adoption. She doesn't know whether or not, do I say that I'm placing the baby for adoption? Do I just answer the question she said? Is, am I going to be judged? Am I going to, is she going to make me feel bad about my choice? Is she going to make me feel good about my choice? Not having to wonder or ponder those thoughts would very much change the face of adoption. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.